0: Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. Good morning, church. How's everybody? Yeah. 1045 is awake. I like it. It's very, very good. Hey, my name is Jeff. I'm the Next Steps pastor here at the church. Uh, So glad you're with us. Hey, if you're in the room, would you welcome everybody that's joining us online right now? Yeah. Everybody online, would you welcome everyone in the room? So fun. We can hear you clapping. Um, It's been so great in this season. I know we've had a lot of restrictions, a lot of uh, inconveniences, but it's been really cool to see God blow the lid off of His church. Uh, even this morning, you didn't hear it in here, but our, our live hosts were able to welcome people from Ontario, uh, people from Costa Rica, people from Germany. Uh, it was so awesome. Uh, we've seen people join us uh, from all over the world Great Britain, Tanzania, Argentina, Uganda, India, South Africa, Czech Republic, and so many more, including this. This is really cool, including unreached places of the world. Where we can't send missionaries because of, of danger, because even uh, native uh, believers there are in danger for, from converting their lives from who they are to who they can be in Christ. Even in those places, technology is giving us the power to break into those places and to proclaim truth. Isn't that awesome? It's so cool. It's so cool. And so God's blown the lid off of his church, and it's been fun. Each and every week we invite our online family to hit the share button. And uh, that's actually something we've seen has been so fun. Uh, And it's been cool to see even people who are in the room or serving on the weekend, they've also hit the share button. And we've done the math on this, that every share invites a hundred people to come in and join our worship experience. Isn't that cool? That's so fun. Like when was the last time you pulled up to church in a huge bus and just like unloaded a hundred of your friends to come to church? You can't do that, but You can do it digitally. And so, uh, even right now, wow, if you just take a few seconds to hit that share button, we saw so many take us up on that in that first service. And it has been really, really cool. And you can do it each uh, and every week. Uh, Oh, the places we'll reach for Christ uh, together. Uh, We're in uh, week four of this series called Rethinking Church. And we're just wrestling with these big questions What is the church, and what does it look like in this season? And uh, so it's been really fun to unpack that together and press into new vision uh, that we have here around Lakeland. So on week one, we heard this from Josh, that the long-term scalable solution for the church is something that has been around since the early church. It's empowering the small expression of the church to be experienced anywhere. It's this idea that the church can happen anywhere and everywhere. This is not a new idea, but we do live in a new moment and so this new moment requires new innovation, new creativity to make it happen. And how do we do that? We're doing that through something that we're calling impact communities. Every small group's being upgraded to an impact community, and every new community we're launching is an impact community. And here's what it looks like: here's what it looks like. If you've been with us, you know this. But it looks like this: it's you, five of your friends and a God-given impact dream. One of our values around here at Lakeland is simple. We want to break it down as simple as possible uh, so that we can really multiply this thing. And so say it with me. It is you, five of your friends, and a God-given impact dream. If you're clustered around with a bunch of people or maybe you're a small group as you're taking the upgrade and people are like, what again is an impact community? One more time. It is you, five of your friends, and a God-given impact dream. And so on week two, uh, we've been breaking down this equation, and we've been talking about you on week two. And Kate said this, that everything we do and don't do stems from our identity. You must know who you are and whose you are. God's been using ordinary people to do extraordinary things in his power for a long, long time, and he is not done yet. Uh, Last week, we heard from Jason about your few, and we heard this. That the church was never about an address, it was always about a movement. God has always been about the power of a few. Uh, This is straight out of his playbook. Take your pick. From Noah and his family, to David and his mighty men, to the disciples themselves, God believes in you and the power of a few. You, your few, and here's where we're going today. A God-given impact dream. A God-given impact dream. This is the velocity behind every impact community. In science, if you were to add velocity to any equation, it goes off the charts exponentially. So what does a God-given impact dream look like? A a dream is what takes you outside of the walls of this church to be the church everywhere you go. Impact communities are full-throttle impact and full-throttle community. That's the goal. And some people might ask, how does this look different than maybe other things the church has tried? I can uh, journey back through my experience and see that I have been discipled in a couple different environments. Uh, God has really grown me and used me in, in, in several different things and brought other people around me. Uh, one of the earliest memories I have of being discipled happened in what people would call a Sunday school class. Okay, so a Sunday school. And it was full-blown Sunday school, like the smell of coffee, Tables and chairs all around, a chalkboard up front, big Bibles everywhere, suits, donuts, the whole nine yards. Uh, So we would do this uh, uh, Sunday school. And if the goal was full throttle impact and full throttle community, this is just my experience. Sunday school was neither of those. Neither of those. At another time in my life, you might find me on the streets of Chicago. What's up, Chicagoland? So thankful for uh, all of our Chicagoland folks joining us. But you'd find me on the streets of Chicago uh, in people's lunch break trying to start up spiritual conversations. And I thought about that. And if the goal is full-blown impact and full-blown community, I had something right on the impact side. It was one of the most stretching things that I had ever done as a disciple of Jesus. But community-wise, I was doing it all by myself. Probably for the majority of the time that I've been following Jesus, you would find me in a small group, participating in a small group, leading a small group, helping others lead a small group. If the goal was full-blown impact and full-blown community, I had something right on the community side, but more often than not, nothing on the impact side. And so what does it look like? Full throttle impact, full throttle community. That's why we're calling them impact communities. In this season, where going to church has been redefined, this has been a wake-up call back to being the church that Jesus died for. This is a wake-up call back to the church that Jesus is coming back for. And that's why we're talking about impact communities, and we're excited about it. We are putting God's heart for impact and full-throttle community going all in and uncovering God-given impact dreams. And for some of you, you've heard this for several weeks, and we've been putting this next step in front of you, uh, that if you're looking to join or to launch an impact community, you simply text the word impact uh, to this number. Two six two four three five four three nine zero. In fact, can I take you a step further? We have so much text-in stuff here. If you were just to save that in your phone, you would save yourself a ton of time. Um, we're texting all kinds of words, helping you take next steps in this digital season. If you want to join one, and if you want to launch one, text the word "impact" uh, to that number. And as we leave that up there, I, I just want to. Um, include you in on some conversations and some dreaming that's happening in real time. Maybe this will spur some creativity. We have so many Lakelanders that are already stepping out into their impact dream, that are already cutting trails in this new season, uh, and it's been so fun uh, to see that. For example, we have a community of people from all different states who are writing, uh, joining together to be a writing collective. And they're writing these pieces for people who want to find hope and uh, want to discover it fast. Uh, We have a group of people who are taking the upgrade to impact, and they've decided to adopt a school. Rallying around the staff, providing support and praying uh, for that whole campus. We have a leader that's a part of our online family who's dreaming up a solution to put exercise programs back into nursing homes. In this season, it's been hard to do that, but how do we do that and stream it in a faith-based way? It was so fun to be on that call because the amount of effort that it would take to provide it for the nursing home down the street would be the same amount that it would take to put it in 300 nursing homes. That's the multiplying effect of God, how cool. We had a fire station reach out to us with this dream of impact community. And I think this is just God's favor on jumping into a new season and unlocking a vision. We had a firehouse come to us and say, would you send us an impact community? Would you provide chaplain services uh, for the men and women who are on our front lines? And so we're firing up an uh, impact community and sending it their way. Uh, We have a guy that's stepping out to use mountain biking to meet people, to ride together, and to talk about Jesus along the way. We had an online attender that was thinking about all of the new teachers that are jumping into teaching in this season. I mean, could you imagine having a dream to educate the next generation and walking in your first year of teaching into COVID? how discouraging that would have been. How many days you probably think about throwing in the towel and giving up on the dream altogether. We had an online attender say, how can we rally around the teachers, not just in our own community, but but nationally, maybe even across the globe, uh, as they start their careers in COVID. Uh, We have a dream for people to simply adopt a restaurant that they love. Who doesn't love to eat and make an impact at the same time? Um, So adopt a restaurant, and here's what it could look like. Not just provide business to that restaurant, but connect with the owner and the staff and be available to meet their needs. How cool. What a simple way to do that. I talked to a guy in this season that was dreaming up ways to rally his friends on TikTok uh, to build community and to share Jesus with others on that platform. How awesome. And I think the creativity of God is going off the charts as we hear more and more impact stories and God's getting ready to unleash even more. But I hope you're hearing this in all of these examples, that we're debunking the idea that it's all about painting walls and raking leaves. Uh, We are creatively impacting people who Jesus came to save, who Jesus came and died for, and that's who we're going to reach. You might use all kinds of creative vehicles, but it's people at the end of that equation that we want to reach. So here's the real question. If God gave you a dream to impact others, would you step into it? Before you log off today, before you leave the room, we're going to give you opportunity to dream with God. And it's early in the message, but everything rides on this. If God were to give you a dream for impact, would you step into it? It was Mark Twain who said that the two most important days of your life are the day that you're born and the day that you find out why you were born. And it's this idea that sometimes we have to step outside of our everyday and we have to begin dreaming about what our life would be like if. Uh, Why am I here? What is my real purpose? Is it just to have a job, to raise a family, to go on vacation, to maybe save some money as best you can and to retire as best you can? Is that the dream or is there more? And when I often think about dreams of the future, maybe you do this too, I think about the wild imagination of children. You ever ask, like, young kids what they want to be when they grow up? Whatever answer they come out with, don't squelch that. Just feel, yes, you can be that. Like, I want to be an astronaut veterinarian. Awesome. Yes, you can do that. I want to be a princess who also designs homes. Great. You can be that. I love the wild imagination of kids. But let's be real, that all throughout our life, not just in childhood, Healthy steps forward require us to uh, get real with where we're at and to vision the path forward. All growth begins with a dream. And here's part of the problem we live in a day when we are one click away from measuring ourselves up against everyone else's dream. Isn't that true? You are one click away from seeing how someone else raises their family. You are one click away from seeing how someone else spends their money. You're one click away from seeing the other things that someone else is celebrating, milestones maybe in their life. And if you aren't careful and if you do that enough, you start trying to fulfill a purpose that God never gave you. Be aware. Be careful of that. Don't get stressed out and bent out trying to fulfill God's purpose for someone else. It is the death of comparison. And for me, uh, I don't feel comparison when I'm on social media, but I'll tell you when it does happen, and I invite your accountability in my life, it happens when I'm watching superhero movies, so what happens is, you know, there's a bunch of superheroes that like, their reality's a little too far off from my own. Like there is just no way that's ever gonna be mine. I'm just gonna enjoy the movie and be done with it. But there's one superhero in particular that I think to myself, with just a few small tweaks to my life, I could be living this guy's everyday reality. You see, all I need, I listed them, all I need is six things, you ready? I need a cool suit. I need a bunch of -of state-of-the-art weapons. I need 10 years of jujitsu. I need vaults full of cash, access to an underground cave that is stocked full of vehicles, which can switch from a plane to a car to a motorcycle. And last but not least, probably the most important thing, a sweet old British man to wait on my every need. That is all I need, like just a few small tweaks. and some of you may think, and you look at Bruce Wayne and Batman, you look at Bruce Wayne's life, and you're like, yeah, I don't care about any of that. If I was well-rested in a big old house that was clean all the time, it didn't have any bills to pay, laundry to do, or meals to make, I could probably do some pretty cool things too. Who knows? I might even be able to save a fictional city. Like, who knows? That, that might be really, really cool. Um, I don't know where comparison uh, comes in for you. Social media, superheroes, or maybe it's something different. But when we stop comparing, we start dreaming. When we stop comparing, we start dreaming. And the Bible is so clear when it invites us to dream and to think about new kingdom possibilities. And so we're going to dive into Matthew chapter 17. Maybe you remember this verse, verse 20. Truly I tell you, Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is another one of those Jesus drop mic moments in his ministry, and it has uh, this call up to all generations of his followers to dream big and to overcome impossibilities. Uh, Maybe you know the verse, but do you know the story? Uh, Back up to verse 14, here it is. When they came to the crowd, who's they and where are they coming from? So Jesus, Peter, James, and John are coming uh, down from the mountain uh, where the Bible describes a scene that they call the transfiguration. Uh, So these three guys and Jesus went up on a mountain and Jesus uh, uh, showed himself in all of his glory. And it was like shining like the sun. It was blinding. And the guys were like, oh my goodness. And for just extra measure, we threw uh, Moses and Elijah in there just to appear, heroes from the Old Testament, just to be there. And so you can imagine these three guys coming down off the mountain thinking, oh, man, wasn't that great? Wasn't that cool? Did you see that? And that was so unbelievable. Uh, They came down to the crowd. And a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. And he said, my son is a lunatic. That's actually what the old translations say. Uh, My son is a lunatic, echoed by every father ever since. Uh, My son is a lunatic. Uh, No, but the new translations say this. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and he is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not uh, heal him. When Peter, James, and John came down from the mountain, what did they find? They found struggle. They found pain. They found desperation. When they came down from the mountain, they found more mountains. Have you ever had a, uh, a mountaintop experience with God? Maybe in this room, maybe online, maybe somewhere else, only to leave that space and to realize that you still have mountains in your life? These impossibilities, these things I, I, I can't overcome by ordinary means. Places where you feel stuck, it's too steep to climb. You can't shake it. You can't beat it. You've used all your willpower, your prayer, uh, any counseling resources. You've used it all. Anyone else have mountains in their life? I do. I do. And what could the disciples do with this mountain that was standing in this father's life and in this boy's life? They could do nothing. Nothing. For seven straight chapters in the book of Matthew, they've been sent out to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons and to walk in power. What was different with this situation? More on that in just a minute. Uh, But the dad says, I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. This is what Jesus says. You unbelieving and perverse generation. I love the honesty of Jesus. Uh, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment. Well, there's a lot going on here. Jesus is able to see that in this particular situation, there was a spiritual condition, not just a physical one. And like the disciples often do, I love these guys, uh, they wait until no one else is around before they ask a really important question. And you can kind of see that playing out as the 12 guys are following Jesus, and they're like, no, you ask him. I'm not going to ask him. You're the one that brought it up. I don't know. I don't want to do it. I'm a little scared. And then someone finally digs up the curtain and says, hey, hey, Jesus about what happened back there. I don't know. We were just talking to each other. It's kind of driving us a little crazy. Uh, and this is what they asked. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private, and he asked, what, they asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we drive it out? For seven chapters, we've been doing all this. We've been seeing amazing things. We've been seeing you work. Why couldn't we uh, drive it out? Many Bible scholars believe that the disciples might have lost their perspective at this point in Jesus' ministry. That maybe they were putting faith in faith instead of faith in Jesus. Maybe they were looking for power in power when Jesus is the real power source. It's possible that the disciples lost their focus on the bigger picture of what God was doing. And so when we think about a God-given impact dream that God might give you, we don't dream for dreams' sake. We don't impact for impact's sake. We impact uh, because we want to participate in what God has always had on his mind. Do you know that God has an end goal? Do you know that he's working right now for the wind still to come? Do you know that there is a backdrop that every impact dream will be found on? And it's important that you lock this in. What is God's big picture dream? Maybe you can find it in some of these verses. Acts chapter 3. For he, Jesus, must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. You also see this in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You also find this in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone was in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Revelation 21 talks about God making all things new. John 3:16 talks about giving eternal life to those who are perishing. Jeremiah 29:11 talks about giving hope and a future to those who are without it. What is God's dream? What is the win that God is going after? God is going all in on restoring all things. That's his thing. That's the win that he is working for right now. God has a dream, and it's this on earth as it is in heaven, restoration of all things. And so, where do you see brokenness? Where do you see brokenness? Because God's on a path of restoration. Do you see brokenness in your own life, maybe in your own heart, with hurt or resentment or pain? God invites you to join him in restoring that. Maybe you see it in your home. I hear this all the time. People are like, how in the world can God fix this? Well, God invites you to join him in the restoration of that. Maybe at work, some might say, man, the people I work with, the toxic culture that I'm in every day, rather than crossing days off a calendar as long as you can, God invites you to restore that with him. We play this game at our house. Maybe you play it too. You won't be able to find it in any of the stores. Uh, The game is called It's Not Broken, You Just Have To. It's Not Broken, You Just Have To. And this is how it works. Usually two people play the game, uh, but others can chime in as well. Player one uh, serves a very important purpose. Player one uh, plays the game by doing this. They tell player two all the things that are broken in the house. This is broken, that's not working right, I think this is broken. It's a very important role, player one. Player two uh, begins their response with this It's not broken, you just have to. It's a blast. It's such a fun game. It is like the seed of all uh, arguments at home. It's amazing. Um, So uh, that's how it goes. And so there's player one, this is broken. Player two, it's not broken, you just have to. And player two comes up with all kinds of really creative responses. Maybe you have found yourself saying this, all the player twos in the house. Um, Player two would say, "Uh, It's not broken. You just have to be gentle with it. For player two might say, it's not broken. You just have to use this one setting. Forget the other five settings. Just use this one setting. Uh, It's not broken, you just have to flush twice. Come on, you just have to flush twice. It's not broken, you just have to use half the soap that's required. It's not broken, you just have to wind it up as far as it'll go and let it go as fast as you can. We had this uh, uh, bathroom fan uh, that was on this dial timer that never worked. It was like, you want five minutes? You want 15? You want 20? How much do you want? It never worked. And so what we did find worked um, is that you could dial up that sucker as far as it would go, and just crank it, crank it all the way, uh, well past manufacturer's re- uh, recommendations. Uh, but you just crank that thing all the way and get the, like the, the, um, the, the, the spinner in the back just as tight as possible, and then you just let it go, and it would snap into the on position. And I'm like, see? It's not broken. You just got to crank that thing and let it go. Um, So it's not broken. You just have to wind it up and let it go. We also have um, an upgrade we've done recently uh, where we uh, replaced our microwave. And so I got a killer deal on this microwave. Um, And so if you've ever installed a microwave, you know, it's like you got to get the the track right. It's got to be level. You got to kind of like jimmy this thing up and over and then screw into your cabinets and the whole thing. And we finally got it plugged in. And uh, we started it up for the first time, second time, I don't know what it was, but there was this rattle in the microwave. And I was like, oh man, that's not good. And player one did their job. Hey, this is broken. And player two uh, says, "Uh, it's not broken, you just have to. And I figured out that if you were to take your fist and like hit it on the bottom right corner twice, it would no longer rattle. It's amazing. It was so good. I was doing my player two. Um, So uh, it's been really funny. And you can see uh, even our kids. So we've never told our kids that that's actually what you do with the microwave. Uh, The one time they were making popcorn and I just saw one of our little kids uh, come up and just like take their little fist and boom, boom, and it like worked and I'm like, Yeah, that's how you do it. Uh, That's how player two works. So, I don't know if you are player one or if you are player two. In fact, after first service, like this was all the rage. People were just going at it. Are we player one? Are we player two? I said so many important things, but that's all they went away with. Um, So, uh, it's important to know are you player one or player two? And here's the deal you can come up with all kinds of excuses all kinds of solutions for what's going on at home. But at some point, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, your heart needs to begin to break for the things that break God's heart, that there are no longer any solutions. It's not broken. God's like, no, it is. It is broken. It is broken. And I've sent you to join me in restoring that. There's brokenness at the gym. There's brokenness at uh, your favorite coffee shop. There's brokenness with the people you game with late at night. It's bro- there's brokenness in your industry. There's brokenness in the generation younger than you. There's brokenness in the generation older than you. There's brokenness in forgotten people. There's brokenness in the online community that you're a part of. There's brokenness with people who are experiencing the pain that you experienced a year ago or 10 years ago. There's brokenness with the people who experience the challenges that you face each and every day just to get through the day. There's brokenness at the business that you visit multiple times a week. Things on this side of heaven are broken, but God is working and going all in on restoring all things. All things new or bust. That is what God uh, is after. And so God was trying to restore this boy in Matthew chapter 17, and the disciples were hung up on why they couldn't impact in this situation. But let's personalize this a little more. What keeps us from impacting? What keeps us from bringing restoration in Jesus' name? Here's how Jesus answers uh, the disciples' question, Matthew 17, 20. He says, Because you have so little, say it, faith. Truly I tell you, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. In this verse, we learn an ancient figure of speech moving a mountain. And it's not that God wants to move geography. He wants to move human difficulties in our lives, the things that we face in life that we feel are impossible to move. And this verse points out one thing that we lack As we step out to make an impact and we're not sure if we're going to be able to do it or we're unsure about the previous times that we've stepped out, uh, it points out one thing that we lack, and that's faith. When I don't feel like I'm enough, he's enough. When I don't feel like I have the possibilities, he is the God of all possibilities. And don't confuse this verse. This verse is not saying that you need a mountain-sized full of faith. He's saying that you just need the right amount of faith, even a mustard-seed-sized faith. The mustard seed was the smallest seed in Jesus' day, but it would burst forth into the largest and strongest plant. If you needed shade in the middle of a hot day, you might ride under this tree just to get relief. Uh, If you needed a a rest or uh, birds needed a rest, you would find it uh, with this tree. Such a small seed, such a huge impact. And before we dream with God about what God could do with you, and a few people, I want to remind you of your purpose. God's after the restoration of all things. What's your purpose? Your purpose is to make more of Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. To make more of God as long as you have breath. That is your purpose. And as I think about God's heart to restore and your heart to make more of Him, that's where you'll find your impact dream. When God reaches down and says, I want to restore all things, and we reach up with a heart to make more of Him, there's where it is. The picture in my mind is on those sci-fi movies, you know, like when the laser comes down from the sky and a laser comes up from the earth, and when they hit each other, a shockwave comes across the whole surface. That's the power of an impact Dream. And as we've been coaching people to uncover their impact dream, we've been asking two questions Who are you called to impact and what are their top needs? Who are you called to impact and what are their top needs? Important first word who? Who? Impact communities are putting people over projects. You might find creative ways to use different vehicles, but at the end of the day, uh, we're coming to serve people and to love on people. Who are you called to impact? And what are their top needs? We want to give you an opportunity uh, to dream with God uh, on this. But if I could tell you one thing as we uh, are about to go to worship and to sing truth over you and allow you to pray and dream with God. If God were to give you an impact dream, I want to invite you simply to do this. Tell somebody. Just tell somebody. Before you leave this room, stop by Next Steps, drop it in the chat, uh, whatever it might be. It can be, I'm dreaming about, fill in the blank. And that's kind of a risky sentence. I'm dreaming about this. Uh, But even first service, it was so cool to see people in the chat just filling it up. Hey, I'm dreaming about this. I've always thought about this. This is exactly what I needed. Tell somebody, tell somebody. Throughout history, I believe that God has sent life-giving, hope-bringing, impact dreams to millions of people. Dreams that would feed starving kids around the world. Dreams that would provide clean water for everyone who needed it. Dreams that would end human trafficking. Dreams that would end racial violence. I believe God has deployed those dreams. And you might say to yourself, how in the world can that be? Are you seeing the same news feed that I am? Are you seeing what people are putting on Facebook? Are you seeing all this? How in the world can that be? That's an important question. Because you really have two options. When you see a world in crisis, you can either put that back on a God that has deployed life giving, hope bringing impact dreams to millions of people, or you can put that on people who prayed for an impact dream. And when God gave it to them, they silently quit on it before they told anyone about it. If God gives you a life-giving, hope-bringing, impact dream, don't go to your grave with it. For the world's sake, for your sake, for God's sake, you round up a few people, you tell someone about it, and you get that thing launched in Jesus' name. The things that we could do together to make God famous as he's on a dream and on a win to restore all things. And so here are your questions. If God gave you an impact dream, would you step into it? Who are you called to impact? And what are their top needs? Are you ready to dream? During this time, the worship team's just gonna sing over you. And I really want you to take this as a prayer moment where you are listening to God. God, who? Who, who is it and what are their top needs? Let's pray together. God of restoration, we invite you into this room. You are making all things new on earth as it is in heaven. And God, would you just take our hearts as crazy of a season as we might find ourselves in, as, as mixed up sometimes that we are in our heads or in our own lives. God, would you hear just humble prayer from this entire room and everyone online that we want to make more of you. We want to make more of you. If we can, if we possibly can, use our lives to make more of you. God, we want to do that. And so would you give us mountain moving faith to step out and to make a difference in people that you love so much. Lakeland, right now, at home or in the room, what's broken? What is broken around you? Who are you called to reach? What are their needs? God, give us the courage to activate to do something that only you can. We're listening now Jesus speak in a powerful way. We are available for you. It's in your strong name we pray and all God's people said. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.